Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. The NGSC Radio Network, in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network, are proud to bring you the only show that matters with your host, the heartthrob G.W. Gross, and the future of all sports media, Joe Weidra. Bear witness. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? You are now tuned in to the only show that matters. I'm your host of the show, G.W. Gross, the heartthrob. I am really out of sorts today, so I apologize right off the top. But it's a good thing you guys have to deal with my miserable, lonely self today because I have with me, as I have with me every week during the football season, the future of all sports. Sports, I must call you sports media. Sports media, and that is my man, Joe Weidra. How are you feeling, Joseph? I'm doing pretty good, G. I guess maybe my effort is to uh, cheer you up a little bit today, but you didn't do me any cheering up because, you know, when I call into this show, what it is is obviously I call in and I have to wait until you hook me up, but the problem is you were a little late today, so I was stuck <laughs> listening to that terrible <laughs> elevator music that Blog Talk Radio wow. plays. It's like you're, you're in an elevator, so I had to listen to it for like an extra minute today. So I know that you want to be in a good mood today, but you really didn't set me up being in a good mood because I literally had to listen to that music. I just I put it on mute. I said, look, if he's going to do this to me today, I don't know why I called in. So yeah, get on that next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm positive. That's just, I don't know why they don't play different. That's like really bad music block that they play on this. Like really bad. Like it's old music. But you're right, straight up elevator music. But uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll still be, I'll still have some snide remarks going left and right. I'll tell you people who exactly I hate. Uh, college locks will be a little sloppy today. But uh, before we get into all of that, let's look at let's uh, review what happened in the NFL weekend. First thing I got to say is, man, um, the Ravens and the Bears again. We, you know, we got to start with the Ravens. That's your team. And the Bears, my team. Over here, the Bears had a chance to go 500 by beating a really bad Detroit Lions team. They lose to Detroit in overtime, 37-34. And then you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they're playing against San Francisco team. You know, that it really has no, nothing on the roster, you know, and they lose 25 to 20. What, 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 what are you seeing from these two teams now when it comes to Baltimore and Chicago? Because I don't want to say, I'm not asking you what you see in San Fran and Detroit, because that's wasting everybody's time. I think we see a lot of really bad football. I think we have two very bad football teams. It's just, I mean, the bottom line is these are two games that, you know, we look at the Bears against uh, the Lions and the Ravens. 
you know, against the 49ers. These are two games that both of these teams should have won. And I look at the Bears, first mm-hmm. of all, and I say, well, they kind of did win it. I mean, they were. I thought they had it, really. I mean, I'm looking at this yeah. game thinking, okay, Chicago probably has this game. No need to worry about it. They go 500. They have a fighting chance. But after losing, this is just demoralizing for them. I mean, they had this game in their hands, and they just let it go. So that's that's difficult for Chicago. It's going to be tough to really pull anything together now because when you lose a game like that that you should have won and a game that's winnable on your schedule, I think it's tough to rebound. So to give Detroit their first win, that was really a big loss for Chicago. And then you go to Baltimore where there's really not much to say, I think, We've kind of figured out what the Ravens are this year. It's just not a very good football team. I mean, the coaching is struggling. You know, ever since Mark Tressman has entered the building, the offense has sputtered, and I don't know if you can blame it all on him. I know the injuries have been prevalent, but, you know, even even if you do have Brashad Perryman, even if you do have Michael Campanero, all these guys back, it's tricky because you're not you're not performing well on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's what we're seeing. The defense isn't great, but, yeah, just just, just two teams that are really struggling from top to bottom right now. Last week was a crusher for both of them, and it kind of takes them out of the playoff hunt consecutively. You know what's funny about when you look at the Bears part of things? Like, it was a foregone conclusion that the Bears were going to look to do anything to get rid of Cutler after this year. But not for nothing, Cutler's been playing really well this year. I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> the team is 2-4, and four, but Cutler's been playing really well this year. There's probably not, so, uh, like, he just looked comfortable with the ball, comfortable with the system, even when he had nobody. So, in a way, Cutler is kind of screwing the Bears over by overexceeding his, his expectations right now. Yeah, the thing with Jay Cutler, and you're absolutely right, is I think this is on tape when you turn it on, it's probably the best he's played in a long, long time. And, and it's not like he really hasn't had these weapons before. It's just that it's all clicking now. I think he's kind of finally, I don't want to say finally getting it because Cutler's had some good, good seasons in the past. But this year it just seems to mentally and physically it's all coming together for him, and even though – You've had Alshon Jeffrey hurt. You've had some unfavorable situations. It all is coming together. And, and at the end of the day, I guess, you know, you look at your defense and you say, okay, well, the, the offense did their job in this one. I mean, and you look at the Chicago Bears, the, the scored 34 points. You can't allow Detroit to put up a 37 spot on you. So, yeah, I mean, I think you do have to feel for Jay Cutler a little bit because he's, he's putting the team in a good situation. They're just not returning the favor. All right, so now let's talk about some teams that matter. Um, let, you know what? Let's go right to that Carolina-Seattle game. I love Carolina going into this game. Um, I, I forgot who you – I think you picked Seattle, right? I think you picked Seattle in this game. I did. I did. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you know me. I've been riding Cam Newton hard this season, and and I, I love what I'm seeing from Cam Newton. Um, he's loving the spotlight right now because everybody's finally giving him the respect he deserves. Another good output – Seattle, Seattle is not making the playoffs this year. I'm, I think everybody has to realize this. The, 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 the defense has been shaky at times, and the offense is not putting up points in the fourth quarter. What's, what the offense does not look good. Now, I mean, this is a team that has taken uh, about a step and a half in the wrong direction, Seattle. Carolina, honestly, the defense is steady. I won't say they're good. The defense is steady, and the offense is Cam Newton. I mean, that, that, and it's working so far for Carolina. Yeah, the Seattle side, I guess you can be a little surprised. I had a little bit of high ex- higher expectations for them coming in, even adding Jimmy Graham. And, you know, Jimmy Graham didn't do well in this game, 8 for 140. I mean, they finally got him going. But mm-hmm. like you said, I think this team has thrived because the defense has been so good in the past. And I think this year they've taken a little bit of a regression, a couple steps back. So I think that's why you're feeling it. And the offense has always been about the same. They're not going to light up the scoreboard. It's just that they've been the more complete football team, whereas this year – Okay, okay, Marshawn's kind of injured. Take away the 17-yard carry he had in this one. He only had about 
37 yards on, gosh, 16 carries. So he really hasn't been effective. I love the Panthers. They're 5-0 and for a reason. I think that kind of is the mold of what Seattle was two years ago and a year ago is that they're playing very stout defense, and the offense is doing just enough to win. Jonathan Stewart's coming up, playing well. Greg Olson being relied on a lot, as he should be, obviously had that game winner. So I think Carolina is a mold of what uh, Seattle was two years ago, and I think that's why they're 5-0. and I think they can continue to win because they have a, such a stout football team. It's not always the flashiness mm-hmm. that issue there, as we saw with Seattle. They're just a good football team, and that takes you a long way in the NFL. Yeah, and, and, and Pete Carroll said there was going to be an even share of carries between Rawls and Lynch. He didn't do it all. Rawls had one carry for eight yards, and nothing else. They ride the hot hand, but Rawls has played really well for the last two weeks, you know, and I didn't understand how Rawls was just totally just pushed out of it, like, you know, especially when you see what Marshall Lynch was struggling. You go and get the young guy in there, and they refuse to do it. Um, yeah, and one thing, well, one, well. one thing real quick here that I would say about the, the uh, Seattle defense is that you, you see Dan Quinn with Dan Quinn did. Dan Quinn leads. Yeah. You see what uh, Atlanta's doing. So maybe Dan Quinn, maybe a better coach than we gave him credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into the San Diego Green Bay game, I don't know how a guy throws a 500 yard, breaks all kinds of teams' records in a game, and loses 27 at 20. They didn't even put up, you, you would think 500 yards, you're putting up at least 30 points. They put up 20 points in that game and lost to Green Bay. So, and you know what? And that game is kind of like the story for Philip Rivers' career, I think. I mean, this is a guy, say what you want. I mean, we talked about him last week. I mean, I, 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 I dig Philip Rivers. I think he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league since he's got the reins of San Diego. This organization is a bad organization. That's all it comes down to. When you look at it, Green Bay has been organized and, and managed the correct way the, their entire existence. San Diego has not. That's why Green Bay wins this game. Yeah, boy, I was thinking that today. I was watching the tape of this game this morning, and I, I looked at the Green Bay side, and I just think, you know, they're, they're not that much more talented than San Diego. San Diego has a ton yeah. of pieces that are almost just as talented, if not more talented, than Green Bay. And what I see on the San Diego side, and I kept thinking this during this tape, is that the only reason this team is not a playoff contender year in and year out, it has to be coaching. It has to be something up top that is not getting it done because the players on the field are performing. Say what you want about the injuries up front. I know they've been riddled there, but mm-hmm. it just it has to be coaching. It's the only thing I can think of because Phillip Rivers does a fantastic job. He had to throw the ball, I think, 60, 65 times. Yeah, something like in that. Yeah. Game. I mean, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable, and, and that kind of stems from you go into the game, do you really have a game plan? I mean, your game plan shouldn't be for your quarterback to throw 65 times. And against the Packers, they only scored 27 points. And I know it's only 27 points, but that's almost a win for your defense. You kind of expect Phillip Rivers to be able to put that up. It's just the balance wasn't there. The game plan wasn't there. And, again, I keep going back to this team is so talented. The only reason they must be faltering, it has to be something up top. Um, no reason to talk about the Giants-Eagles game. That was probably one of the worst games I've seen this year. This disgusting center. And the Giants can never beat the Eagles team, so it's like this really surprised nobody. But it doesn't matter how good the Giants are, they can never seem to beat the Eagles, no matter how bad the Eagles are. Disgusting game to watch. Um, the game that I don't want to talk about, and, and I, I took Pittsburgh with the points last week is Arizona. And I don't know, because like, before, before watching this game going into this weekend, people were saying Arizona hasn't played anybody, and I hate that. I hate that notion of having played anybody because it, it, that, that, it, it, it's all prevalent to who you think is above average or average of the NFL team. You know, um, <clears throat> I think the, I think the Arizona Cardinals are above average. I think the Steelers were just a bad matchup for them 
in terms of when, when they have all three of their wide receivers and Heath Miller and Le'Veon Bell, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. That's tough for any defense to contend with. And it was almost a blessing in disguise that, 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 that Michael Vick got knocked out the game and Lansing Jones of Oklahoma came in and saved them. Uh, Martavius Bryant, you know, he comes back after the suspension and the injury, lights it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Arizona, though, I will say, was getting robbed on the penalty side of things. If you look, there was a lot of questionable things. There was a, a end zone pass to Michael Floyd, which should have been either holding after two or pass interference in the end zone, and nothing was called. So a little, little sketchiness from the referees. But Pittsburgh, though, I'm telling you, if they have everything around a competent quarterback on that offense, they can score on anybody, and they proved it. Yeah, a bit of, of uh, you know, a concoction of things here with Arizona. Just things didn't fall their way. They didn't execute when they needed to. Catanzaro had to kick field goals instead of touchdowns in the red zone, that kind of stuff. But when you look at Pittsburgh, I think this came down to execution. I mean, Chris Boswell, their kicker, I think, gosh, how many field goals did he have? I'm looking at the box score now. Four field goals, and then two of them were from, uh, you know, 47, 48, and then a 51-yarder. I mean, they just did the little things right in this game, and that's what propelled them to victory. I mean, hey, Arizona, Carson Palmer, he threw for over 400 yards, and these guys couldn't couldn't get in the end zone more than once. So I think that, you know, that stat directly leads to you just couldn't execute here. I think Arizona's the better team. They had the better quarterback. I think, you know, running game, obviously, Le'Veon Bell. But, he only, you know, he only had 88, 88 yards on 24 carries. So they did a good job and stifling him. It was just at the end of the day, Pittsburgh did the things necessary to execute. I think that's why they won this game. And like you said, Landry Jones did just enough. Landry Jones, not a great quarterback, but when you have the guys around you, you can execute. He's a guy that can, he's formidable. And I think right now they have the best chance to win if if Ben doesn't come back with Landry Jones. This is a very well-coached team, and that starts with Mike Tomlin. All right, just wrapping up the NFL weekend. Cincinnati Bengals. Denver Broncos, New England Patriots. If you had to rank them one, two, and three from the AFC, uh, how do you rank them, Joe? Yeah, this is a tough one. I think when it comes to talent, I think I would put Cincinnati one, New England two, Denver three. But I, I look at the whole picture. I look at New England right now. I trust everything they have from the top of the organization down to the bottom. Cincinnati just hasn't proven that to us. So I think either way, Denver's my number three team. So I'd probably go New England, Cincinnati, and Denver just because I believe in what the Patriots can do from top to bottom. Cincinnati really just needs to prove it. They're the most talented team, but we can't put them at the top yet right now. They're also the most healthiest team, and someone pointed that out. They I are. think Anita Marks pointed that out on ESPN Radio. You know, you look at all these other teams, they're going to, um, like, look at San Diego, as you mentioned, you know, injuries on the front line, you know. The New York Giants have injuries in the wide receivers. Philadelphia Eagles have injuries everywhere. You know, the, the Colts lost Andrew Luck for a while. Like, you know, like, like you have Green Bay. that they, they have injury issues. By the way, how much weight did Eddie Lacy put on in the last few months? It's, it's hard to watch him. Like, it, it, they need to just put him away somewhere. He looks like he's pretty much like a nose tackle on, in the backfield. Like, he looks bad playing, and he looks bad physically. Like, Eddie Lacy looks like a mess. But um, yeah, but, I that's the thing real quick with Eddie Lacy is that James Starks is a very, very good running back, and I don't think he's gotten the credit for that. I think James Starks can be uh-huh. a starting running back of almost any team in the NFL right now. He's a good running back, and when Eddie Lacy doesn't perform, the Packers are going to have no issue putting Starks in because he's tremendously talented. Yeah, and that that'll happen sooner than later, I think, especially especially in the second half of games. So Lacey's just not not picking it up. All right, trying to get to college, man. You want to make money this weekend, right? <laughs> okay. It's now time for the Heartthrobs College Football Locks. All right, 
usually I come out with a bunch of numbers I'm throwing at you. I throw you out all these crazy stats and everything. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you guys. Work has been a killer this week. I've been just, I've been out of my mind since about Sunday afternoon. So we're just going to try to, we're just going to try to wing it, Joe. And pretty much whatever Joe says, that's going to be my loss for the week. Um, so, so let's start over here with Michigan State. Um, they're a 16 and a half point favorite, Joe, against Indiana. You've got, you've got to love the theatrics of that game. Um, unfortunately, the kid who got some return touchdown at the end, well, I can't go up return. Um, <laughs> that freaky touchdown at the end of the game got hurt. Um, Michigan State should be blowing out people. They never, ever do. I'm taking Indiana with the points over here, plus 16 and a half, because Michigan State just doesn't cover, and I'm kind of staying with that trend. Yeah, look, Indiana can score a lot of points. They scored 52 against Rutgers last week. They scored 27 against Ohio State. And, you know, people forget they lost the last three games, but they won their first four pretty convincingly. So I like Indiana. That's a very talented team. Just not sold on Michigan State this year. They're not that firepower team. They never were. I think they, they're, they're the core of their winning ability comes from just being a tremendously well-coached and good football team. Don't love Connor Cook this year. So, yeah, I think Indiana absolutely scores a lot. Keeps this one close. I'm not so sure Michigan State shouldn't be on upset alert this week. Um, another team that should be on upset alert this week, and I think they're going to be on upset alert every week just because people still don't respect them, is Utah. Utah's a three-and-a-half point underdog going into USC after USC got, took a beatdown from Notre Dame. I was way off on that pick last week. I thought USC was going to hand it to them. USC just looks disheveled right now. Um, this is a team that has no identity, really. Uh, we we, we, we kind of saw it, we kind of saw it with their, with, with their quarterback, uh, uh, Cody, what is his name? Or wasn't that kid's name? Yeah, Cody Kessler. Yeah, you know, everybody thought that, that we would put up at least 40 a game. You know, the offense is still there. The tools are still there. I just think the philosophy is all over the place. Utah knows who they are. They're sticking to the script. I actually thought Utah was going to get upset last week by Arizona State, who has a similar kind of uh, um, uh, offensive talent as USC. I, there's no reason why US, uh, Utah should be an underdog in this game. I'm taking Utah to win this game against USC. I completely agree. When I saw the line, I think it's USC three and a half. Like I know they're at home, but let's be honest, Utah coming onto the field is not only the better football team, but they're the football team that has the most energy right now. USC just has had nothing going for them. They played a terrible game against Washington, and then last week they let Notre Dame score 41 points. There's no reason at all Utah shouldn't win this game big. I think they really do win it by double digits. I mean, I guess we're leaning towards, okay, USC at home with the big game, but you know, I don't buy into that right now. I think Utah is the better team. They know what they want to do, and they're doing it very well. I think they're ranked for a reason. USC is not ranked for a reason. They have the three losses for a reason. Not a great football team right now. They're just, like you said, they're in total disarray. Utah is the complete opposite. They know what they want to do, and they're just doing it well. I think that sometimes you have, to, you have to go with that kind of team. I think Utah wins, and they win it big. Um, every week, it doesn't matter how bad Kansas is. We always got to talk about them. They're a 33 and a half point underdog now going into Oklahoma State. Kansas screwed you and me last week. I, I had Texas Tech as a loss a week, and you had it as your Saturday morning suggestions, dropping your Saturday morning suggestion record to what, four and two now? Still, still admirable. Still admirable. Still way above average. But Kansas, man, just go away. Um, Oklahoma State, 33 and a half point favorite, though. I'm not in love with Oklahoma State, though, this year. No, I don't think Oklahoma State's a lock at all. I think Kansas, like you said last week, they did just enough. We saw them against Baylor, and they actually hung in against Baylor a little bit. They didn't look terrible early on. So 
I'll ride with Kansas more than I'll ride with Oklahoma State. I think, obviously, Oklahoma State wins it, but I just think Kansas has enough to keep it close. I'm not sold on Oklahoma State as being this great powerhouse team. I know they're ranked, but, you know, I think we kind of look into that and say, well, you're ranked 19th, not necessarily a a top-tier team. So I think Kansas keeps this one closer. I'd definitely take them with the line, but Oklahoma State certainly wins it. Yeah, what happened to Kansas State? Um, you saw them two weeks ago against TCU, put up a great fight right to the end, and then last week they get shellacked by Oklahoma. Oklahoma this time is a 14-and-a-half point favorite at home against Texas Tech. Um, Oklahoma is going to – I actually like 14-and-a-half. I think Texas Tech will probably lose this game maybe 55-30 to 30 or something, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Over-under a 74, I'm kind of in love with the over over here. Yeah, Texas Tech last week, they were the ones, Kansas, I mean, they, they just didn't put up the numbers that I thought they would. I still think Texas Tech puts up tons of numbers, though. This is a high-scoring game, and, you know, I, I like the Red Raiders. I really do. I, I don't necessarily like them to win, but I certainly think they're going to keep it close. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, excuse me, good team, but not, nothing overwhelming for me, really. I mean, they're ranked 17th. I think they're ranked 17th for a reason. Had that tough, tough loss, so... Yeah, I might go with Texas Tech here, and, you know, I might go against the grain and say they have a shot to win it just because they can score so much in any given week. I don't really expect it to be a 55-point game, but I think they can put up 35 points and potentially compete for a win. You guys, the battle of two very, very high-profile quarterbacks, Goff of California going into UCLA to play against Rosen. Um, this one's gonna. This one's on ESPN nine o'clock. This one's gonna be fun to watch. Just because you have Goff, who's, who's projected to be a top three pick this year, and Rosen, when his time has come, when his time will come, he's gonna be a top three pick. Um, UCLA is a three point favorite against Cal. I'm kind of leaning towards UCLA because UCLA has the better defense in his game. Yeah, I think sometimes we get caught up on the quarterbacks, and certainly Jared Goff right now is the better quarterback. But I look at overall teams here, and I think UCLA. I watched a lot of them today. The running back. Uh, Perkins, I just like this team a lot. I think they have a whole lot going for them. Paul Perkins is his name. I was blanking there for a second. Um, no, Jared Goff, good, good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But I just think UCLA overall is doing more things better than Cal is right now. Cal is a good team. Let's not sleep on them. They're ranked for a reason. But I think we kind of overshadow just Jared Goff. They got pieces, but I just think right now UCLA is the better team. And I think at home they get the edge. The only thing that bothers me about Jared Goff is that we say his name three times really, really fast. It's not too flattering, but I'm moving on. Um, if you're going on, you've got uh, Tennessee going into Alabama. Alabama's a 15-point favorite. This is the kind of game that Tennessee will probably show up for because they're not expected to win this game. I think Tennessee covers this because Alabama's been pretty much handling people. I think Tennessee covers this 15 because Tennessee's that team. That you know that you expect them to to to, 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 to beat a Georgia or somebody like that, and they just fall flat. This is the game I think Tennessee shows up for for a little while, keeps it close, or at least they have some backdoor points, and they cover the spread. But Alabama wins. I'm sorry, G. I was too busy putting my phone on mute and saying Jared Goff three times fast. Um, oh, oh yeah, no Tennessee. I think is the team here. So my problem is Tennessee is just so hard to believe in. When you want to believe in them and you really think they're going to perform, they don't show up. That's just Butch Jones for you. I mean, that's what this team has been in a nutshell. When you want them to show up, they just don't. And they're a good team. They're a talented team. The recruiting has been very good over the past few years. But I just can't go away with Nick Saban here. So yeah. I think Alabama wins it. Do I think it could be close? Yes, but I'm not going to put my bets on that just because we've seen what these Butch Jones teams really can bring your disappointment uh, in these big games, especially against an Alabama team that's playing their best football. All right, a couple more before we head to break. Um, 
the non-rivalry, Penn State going into Maryland. This, this is Maryland's big game. Maryland gets suited up for this one. Penn State could care less. Maryland won last year. Now they're a six-and-a-half-way underdog. Penn State, though, they, they kind of play to the level of their competition. They're a real weird team. Um, they, they, they took a beating nationally on national TV, though, by Ohio State. So I will take Penn State to be a touchdown favorite over here against Maryland. I am looking on my schedule right now. They don't see this game on here. So did you skip ahead a week or something? No, maybe not. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? I, I, what I do here is I go to ESPN, and what I'll do is I'll go through all the games. But oh, that's right. I'm on the ranked side, not the unranked side. That wasn't that wasn't an attempt to throw shade at Penn State at all. It really wasn't. Of course, I know it not. sounds like that was a total attempt to throw shade, but it really wasn't. No, I, I, I do that yeah. a lot. I do that a lot on Yahoo. I'm looking for, for scores. I'm like. I look for a certain team. Like, where are they? Because I bet on everything. And I realize I'm betting on, like, Northern Illinois, who's not ranked. And I do the same thing all the time. But, yeah, all yeah, Penn no, State's playing at Maryland and it's, at Raven Stadium. Yeah, this is a really tough game because Maryland's just not very good. And I've watched them a lot this year in hopes that they would be. I'm just really excited for basketball season this year. Uh, Penn State, though, <laughs> I just don't believe in them. I really don't. I don't believe in either of these teams. I, I know Hackenberg. He'll probably have a big game here and try to convince everybody that he's this big-time NFL draft prospect. I don't believe in him. You know I haven't for a while. I don't like this game a lot, but I think Penn State's clearly the better team just because Maryland's just so underwhelming, firing heads all. It's just been a mess over there. So Penn State's the more secure pick here. Uh, one more before we go. I'm just trying to look for a good one. Uh, really not a lot of good games this weekend. Got Iowa State going against Baylor. Baylor's 37-point favorite. Baylor should win that hand down. Is, is, Baylor, is Baylor your number one team in the country? Like, who's your number one right now if you had to pick? Yeah, Baylor is definitely my guys right now. Their defense has actually stepped up and played somewhat better over the past couple of weeks. And I know they're not going to be a defense that's going to light it up. But Baylor doesn't have a defense that really is going to let up 60-some points, I don't think, down the stretch. I think their offense can put that up. So, yeah, Baylor – so much talent on that offense. You look at Corey Coleman, the receiver, is going to break the NCAA touchdown record by the end of this year. He already has 15 through six, seven games, something crazy. That's a good offense. I really like Baylor, but the, yeah, 100%, definitely into my number one team. Ohio State doesn't really do much for me. Yeah, and they announced they're going to have JT Barrett start at quarterback this week, which is the smart move. That's what they should have been doing from the beginning of the season. And, and, you know, and the offense, granted, it was against Penn State. It just looks so much better with JT Barrett over there. I mean, it, it's yeah. night and day, you know. And 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 and, and it makes me this makes me throw shade toward people now, saying, oh, you know, like last year when the hype was on Cardio Jones, you know, and people were like, oh, he he he's got to go back to Ohio State. And I I I was in the minority saying, why? It's not going to get much better for him in college right now. He had the best three-game win streak of any college in the history of college football. You know, his stock is at the highest it could be right now. Like, and, and, and you're telling me he's not even guaranteed the starting position? Like, why not just go pro? Sure, he's been a third or fourth-round pick, but he would have had fanfare behind him wherever he went. It, it, you, you know, they say the most popular guy in the, in the town is the backup quarterback. That would have been Cardell Jones. You know, he would have been a starting quarterback in the last in the next two, three years in the NFL. And now you're messing with his stock. He, he's getting benched right now for JT Barrett, who's the guy who they should have started in the first place. So, I mean, for, for those people that, that were saying, oh, he needs to go back to school, why? Because he probably screwed him in the long run now. 
the issue with Cardell Jones has always been we saw such a small sample size in three games that really weren't indicative mm-hmm. of what you can do. NFL teams, they don't look necessarily for you in these bowl games, in these big games. They want to see how you can last the season. I mean, because that's what the NFL is all about. The NFL, if it were only about three games, we'd have a lot, a lot of quarterbacks that are completely different than what you'd see now. But because you have quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers or Andy Dalton, those guys wouldn't be in the NFL if we're talking about three games. I mean, you could put three games yeah. in Andy Dalton's best highlights out there. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But this is about lasting a season. And I think that, you know, maybe Cardell Jones gets drafted, maybe he doesn't. But you got to see what the guy does through a whole season. And this year has just been a total disaster. You've seen decision-making. And quite frankly, you saw it with the Auburn quarterback this year, too, who I'm totally oh, blanking on right now. Um, but Josh Johnson, yeah, Johnson, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But that just shows you we should know what his name is. I mean, I should, and I, I do. But it just goes <laughs> to show you that you have to play a full season before you can really do this thing. And I think Cardell Jones, we bought him to the hype because it was three games. But you got to sustain, and I think that that's what NFL teams look for. His NFL draft hopes are pretty much, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think he's draftable before the fifth, sixth round, just as a flyer pick at this point. Let me say, oh man, I forgot his name. This kid. Uh, I really forgot his name, but I watched the Syracuse game last week because I, I needed them to cover that seven-point spread, and they lost by six, which was great. They had a back of quarterback in there, and I really liked the kid. Uh, he had a crazy hurdle into the end zone. Uh, he was, wasn't scared. So Eric Dungy was his name. Eric Dungy, and I, I think he's the backup quarterback. I think he's a, a redshirt freshman, too. Um, really liked him. Any relation to Tony? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. He's a white guy. So not at all. Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah. I mean, shout out to Eric Dungy though. He covered that spread last week against I think it was Virginia. Yeah, and looked really good. I was impressed with him. I never heard of him in my life, and he's not even their real starting quarterback. So props to him. But uh, me and Joe will take a. I was gonna say a small break, whatever. A short break right now, and we'll be right back talking NFL. Give me y'all y'all picks for this upcoming week. So bear with us. GW Grass, the hard throb. Um, before we go into the NFL thing, and I, I just got to mention this because I am the Louisville basketball fan, and I just got to say, Joe, I have the worst luck in picking a college team to support. <laughs> I, I, like, I like, first of all, I'm a New Yorker, so I, I, I go outside the box, you know. Everyone over here is usually a, a Notre Dame fan or a Michigan fan over here, you know, because those are the teams they, they're used to seeing. Even Boston College, a big Boston College. Um, thing over here in basketball at St. John's, Georgetown, Seton Hall. I go to Louisville and Penn State to root for teams. Penn State, of course, has the ridiculous scandal, the Sandusky scandal, which was just terrible and disgusting. And and they're, they're, they're trying to move out of that shadow right now, moving on to a, to a new realm of football. 
And now Louisville basketball, who just gave me a national championship about three, four years ago, you know, if it, that was that long ago, I think three years ago. Yeah, I think two, three years ago. Wow. When you get older, like, years just seem like they just combine. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've got Rick Pitino, everything else. And, and, and now they have a book. There's some book coming out. Some madam said that, you know, like a Louisville assistant coach was basically prostituting her strippers to recruits, trying to get guys to play. So now this is on the sky. It's just enough. I can't pick a, a university to save my life. Let me tell you something, Joe. Like, if and when I have kids, and I hope they're all girls, because I don't want to raise a second version of me, like, I, I am not going to help them. I am not going to help these girls in picking a college. I'm going to just going to say, this is all on you. This, this is all on you. Don't let your father pick the school for you because something terrible is going to happen there. So that, that, that's my venting about Louisville. But, Joe, just, I have bad luck with this, huh? Yeah, that's pretty bad. I, I don't really know my, you know, what else to say. The only thing I can ask is uh, how excited were you about are, – are you one of those Star Wars nerds that was really excited about that trailer last night? <laughs> no, um, I, I okay, like Star good. Wars, but I'm, good. I'm not. Good. We can still talk. Like, I, 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 I know the story. I like the movies, but I, I'm not going to pre- – did you hear? I think Fandango or whatever, the ticket-selling fight, it crashed. People were pre- oh, yeah. Uh, um, the, oh, the yeah. Pre- this the is going to be the highest-grossing movie of all time. I hope it stinks, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big like, – like, I've, I've I, I, I didn't – yeah, I didn't grow up on Star Wars, so I really wouldn't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I mean, I asked literally, we were in a group chat the other day with one of my work people, and I asked, like, is that the show with Spock? Like, I, I don't know the difference. I really don't. And, I, have you ever seen them or no? No, no, not even, not even close. You haven't no seen them at all. Me whatsoever. I mean, it, it, you know what's funny? Like, like, you're younger than me, though. And it's like, for, for, for someone at your age, I can see you just not liking it. And not in some disrespectful way either. It's like, even the later ones, the. The special effects are so bleh. Even on the later ones, right. the ones that the last three they did, it's so like corny. And it's actually funny because the first the first ones that came out in the seventies or whatever the case is, that were basically puppets. I, I like those. But I like those three movies, but like a lot more than the new ones. You know, those are basically like puppets and like weird stuff and really bad special effects. But I don't know, for whatever. And like I said, I'm not one of these nerds. I will watch it. Like I'm not. An, I don't have to go see it in theaters. To be quite honest. But I will watch it. I've seen every other one. So, but yeah, these nerds went crazy on Twitter, and you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm totally digressing. The point is, I was on Twitter the whole time just bad mouthing the Eagles and the Giants. So I will get into the Eagles again. I have to get into the Eagles again. Um, but did you see that there's like a thing on Twitter? People are trying to ban Star Wars because there's a black guy who has the lead role. I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah, you know, I did see that, and I, I think that that is literally... It's not even racist, it's not even geeks. It's, it's no. racist geeks now. <laughs> yeah, literally, I know we've had some crazy things, but this is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Like, I've heard some crazy things lately on Twitter, and Twitter's like a, a crazy place. Like, you just you oh, have yeah. to know how to navigate it to avoid the crazy people. That is one of the craziest Absolutely. things I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, even for Twitter, that's bad. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, I mean, I, 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 I like, I realize more, I like live tweeting during things. Like, if I'm watching Walking Dead or if I'm watching a game, I like live tweeting and just talking to other people during a game. It's just fun. You know, you feel like you're at a bar with a bunch of people just talking, you know. But when you just look through Twitter in the middle of your workday, just, like, 
eating your lunch. You're like, yeah. oh, these people are crazy. It's just like a lot of racist things. It's just like, I mean, and I love Twitter. I mean, if it wasn't for Twitter, like, I, I wouldn't be friends with Joe Weezer. You know, I wouldn't be friends with Ernest Christian. I wouldn't be friends with a lot of people. I wouldn't be friends with Antoine Staley. You know, my, my man D. Will, Kyle Nash. I wouldn't be friends with these people, you know, if it wasn't for Twitter. It's a great tool, but there are, there are some real tools out there using the tool. But anyway, let's go on to the spreads for NFL. Um, you and me never really go off on tangents like that together. Like, I do yeah, that when I do my podcast by myself. I just do that. I tell you, I just got all this bottled up stuff in me today. I can't wait. Like, I don't know. I'm not even doing it. I'm acting like I have something to do today. I'm doing nothing. I'll, I'm going to drink today. I'm not drinking. Uh, I'm too exhausted to be drinking right now. Like, whatever. Anyway, let's go on. Let's start with the Thursday night game because I think it's going to be the worst game of the week. And two years ago, this would be the game of the year. We got the Seattle Seahawks, who are six-point favorites, going into San Fran to play the Niners. Um, this is a game the Seahawks should win by two touchdowns. But I don't know. This offense looks really bad. And I don't understand why. Because I, I would have thought with the addition of Lockett, the addition of Graham, you know, that, 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 that they would be able to still score. I understand they're not as aggressive. And I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson supporter, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think he's average. But I thought with Lockett, I, I'm really into Lockett, though. You know, I thought Lockett Goldwyn's a, a steady receiver. Grand, they'd be putting up points. They're not. San Fran, for number one, they're playing tough. San Fran, the Redskins, they may not be talented, but they're playing tough. Um, and Kaepernick, not for nothing, I saw he's the sixth highest on ESPN's QBR rating. So that QBR rating means nothing to me anymore. If Colin Kaepernick is better than Philip Rivers in a, in a rating of any kind, means nothing to me. If I had to pick it with the points and the spread, I guess I'm still going to Seattle. I'll drink a little bit more of that Kool-Aid, Joe. Yeah, isn't it crazy how the NFL changes? I mean, like you said, a couple of years ago, this is the game of the year. I mean, we're looking at Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. against Russell Wilson, two young teams, two young head coaches. Like, we're really excited about this. Now it's like you want to put these two teams in a Madden game and do a fantasy draft and see what they come out with and then just play it. Because right now it's just there's nothing to be excited about. And I know we have Jimmy Graham and you have Steve. I'm actually interested to see what Carlos Hyde can do. Hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, if not, you've got Jared Hayne running the ball for the 49ers. Mike Davis is back there. So it's just – it's a mess right now. Both of these teams don't know what they're doing. While, you know, right now you look at Arizona, they have such a golden opportunity to steal this division. They can run away with it in the next few weeks yeah. because the, the, the rest of this NFC West kind of bang and beat and bang on each other. But Arizona's just – they can smooth sail. If they would have won last week in a game they should have won, they're the clear-cut favorites. Now I still think there's a question. But Arizona is the best team. They're the most balanced team. This game really doesn't do much for me. I probably think Seattle wins it. I think they're the better team. I don't love Jim Tomsula. I've said that before. But, yeah, just not, not a great game here. Seattle played by a field goal or something fluky, as these Thursday night games usually go. Um, Buffalo Bills um, have a chance to finally get off the schneid over here. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, not for nothing. I thought they would put up some kind of fight against Houston. Houston ended up destroying them in the second half of that game. Um, I'm going Buffalo Hill. It, even if E.J. Manuel has to play, because he didn't look great, but he looked confident enough that he can lead this team in a win against Jacksonville, because Jacksonville just looks pathetic. The spread is five. I'll take Buffalo with the five over here, because I really have no faith in Jacksonville anymore, even though Alan Hurd and Alan Robinson have been killing it, but they're killing it a lot in garbage time, where Blake Bortles is pretty much chuck, chucking in the air late in games. Sure. Uh, I think the Bills probably win this one. I think they're the better team overall. Jacksonville, really underwhelming for me this year. I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd take a step forward. They haven't. T.J. Yeldon has been in and out of the lineup. Not quite sure what's going on there. Blake Bortles really hasn't taken too much of a step forward. 
he's got good receivers. I believe in that young receiving corps, but don't love what they have. So, yeah, I think give me Buffalo. Another note on this one, 9.30 in the morning in London, and it's streaming on Yahoo yeah. only. It's not being televised from what I understand. Yeah. Yahoo why, only. That's pretty why, crazy. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? I don't know. You got me. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and you see Fox, Fox, CBS, like all the logos, and then under this game you have Yahoo. So I, I don't get it. Yeah. I really don't. At, at like, uh, so we can watch it on our phones, and it's going to be all choppy. Like, who wants to watch? Yeah, that's like being, if you're gonna put, that's like if, less live streaming game if, on if Beam. You're gonna put a, yeah, it's like if you're going to put a game that you want people to watch online, make it two teams we care about then that we'll put up with that. Nobody's going to watch right. the Bills and Jaguars. Like, nobody's going to watch that unless you're a Bills fan. Jaguar fans don't care. Um, uh, another, another game that I really don't care about, but let's go through it real quick. The Browns, five-and-a-half-point underdogs going into the Rams. That's a big number. I, I like I like the Browns a lot. I, I like the Browns as five-point favorites against Denver, so why wouldn't I like it against the Rams? Yeah, the Browns are a good team. They don't get enough credit for it. They're, they're really well put together right now. They've, played, they've shown that. They beat Baltimore, and they, they almost really should have beat Denver last week. I think Cleveland has a ton of talent. Weird story about Joe Hayden today, rumors flying around about – drug charges and being under investigation with the federal agents. I don't know, but, but check into that when you get your own time. Otherwise, I think Cleveland probably wins this game. St. Louis not very good. Cleveland is a very good football team, even though the record doesn't indicate it. And they really don't have a quarterback, regardless of what Josh McCown's numbers say. So give me Cleveland. I think they win. But, yeah, not a thrilling game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they, they stole one against Arizona last week. And this week they get to play against the Kansas City Chiefs team. That I just didn't like from day one. Um, that everybody was high on their waiver wires and fantasy leagues trying to get the guy to change it west, so I've been calling Cha-Cha West. And then on the other circles, I call him just Kanye West. But it just sounds weird. Um, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've got to love them here. I've talked about their offensive weapons before. And now for nothing, if Landry plays, he's, he's definitely good enough to beat this Kansas City defense um, with, with the tools around him. And there's no spread on this game because I don't think they've decided on a starting quarterback yet. I'm going Pittsburgh to go to win easily. Yeah, if Ben plays, I think Pittsburgh wins it. If not, I think it's a really close game. I'd probably give the edge to Kansas City just because I think that they're the more – got to get going at some point. They're such a talented team. And, I, I, well, no, I take that back. They're not a very talented team. But they have talent on the team that I think is, is more favorable to win a close game like this. Pittsburgh just – you have to go into a whole week. And I know they have a whole week to do it. But I think just translating into another system, if they have to go with Landry Jones, I would imagine that the decision with Roethlisberger gets made – by Thursday or Friday. I don't think they wait that long. I think pretty much you know Landry Jones is probably going to start this game, and I just don't love that. I know he had a good game last week, but Kansas City, I think, at home gets the edge for me. Probably a close game and a good one at that. Wow, there are a lot of garbage games. The Texans going into Miami to play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are four-point favorites. The Dolphins had a huge win against a bad team, and right now they're at home against another bad team. The Dolphins may pull out two wins in a row over here because the Texans are bad, man. I love Bill O'Brien. I say it every week. I just think this is a bad team. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this, gosh, this football schedule this week, if you're just a casual fan, it's not very good. A lot of, a lot of garbage really games. Really bad. Uh, really bad. Really Miami bad. at home, I guess I would take them with the momentum. Dan Campbell, I buy into that narrative a little bit. Um, Texans just not very good. You know, who, who do they have besides – who do they have, I was just going to say, who do they have besides Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett? The answer is really nothing. I mean, I guess you can rely on Arian Foster a little bit in the defense. I don't know. Just the pieces aren't put together. They have that hard knocks curse going on. So I, I buy into the narrative that Miami got a little more motivated to win under Campbell. So, yeah, Timmy Campbell and the, and the uh, Dolphins. 
Oh, I will say DeAndre Hopkins has emerged as like a top five receiver. Like, good he's incredible. Either. I mean, he's been nobody can cover him. He catches everything. It's great. Um, the New York Jets going to New England to play the Patriots. Finally, something worthwhile over here. Patriots are a nine point favorite. Um, let, 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 let me tell you, when Rex Ryan was coaching the Jets, these games were always close. There was there was all these games were decided by three points or less, except for one time when the Patriots just manhandled the Jets five games between them or four games between them, decided by three points or less. Um, the Jets still have that same kind of build. They're built from the defense. And let me say, no one in the league could cover Brandon Marshall. It doesn't matter. Um, that, that, who's the kid? Uh, Breland on Washington. Very good cornerback, Breland, on Washington. But yeah. He's probably mm-hmm. one of the better corners in the league. Nobody knows about him. And he did pretty well against Brandon, but Brandon still got his. You know, even if you're having a good game at the corner, Brandon Marshall's still managing to get it. Um, New England's defense, they've been, they, I like New England's defense, um, but can, I like them as much as I like Carolina's defense. Nothing jumps out to me about them, but it's very steady. They're coached well. They're in the right position all the time. Very patient defense. Um, and they're going against Tom Brady against his defense. I, I got to go Patriots, but I got to believe the Jets cover this nine, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted. A part of me says that the Giants, uh, the Jets, excuse me. That, uh, man, you could get in trouble for that in New York. Um, I think yeah, the Jets are, are. You got a team that has a ton of talent on offense. Chris Ivory, man, what a running back. I mean, we finally see when he yeah. gets the role and he is healthy, he's on a roll. I mean, Ivory is great. Brandon Marshall having a great season. Fitzpatrick actually looks pretty decent. But I would imagine at some point the Jets fall back to earth to earth a little bit. This is probably that game. I think Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Really wants to win this game to make a statement that they're the true contenders in the East. I think they they are. Everybody knows it. But this is just kind of a has a feel to me. I don't know. This is one of those games where the, where the Patriots just say, "Hey, you know, we're the top dogs in this division. Shut up. Keep doing your thing. You're the Jets." I don't know. Part of me says the Jets keep it close because of their offensive weapons. But at the end of the day, it's hard for me to not believe that Belichick and Brady don't put up like 40 points here and just steal it. So I think that that's probably the most likely situation. So I'll go Patriots big just because I think history has shown us that Belichick usually performs pretty well in games that people think are going to be close. I tell you, this is a tough Jets secondary, though. It's a really tough Jets secondary. You have to remember that the Patriots do things a little bit unconventionally, and I think that you know they don't really run the deep balls, the deep patterns. They just do things really methodically, and I think that against a good secondary, mm-hmm. that can be an advantage. Uh, uh, for, for, for me, for me, and I think for everybody, that's the game of the week right there, the Jets Patriots. And it usually yep. usually doesn't get better than that when, when they're scheduled against each other. Um, this game, I could care less about. Oh, not really. Minnesota Vikings going into Detroit to play the Lions. Detroit's a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. I'm going with Minnesota over here. I think this game's going to be disgusting, though. I think this game's going to be like a 15-10 to 10 game. I think the way we saw Minnesota win last week, that's the way Minnesota win games. Disgusting. It's just not too flashy. They just have talent, and, and they're just not executing it right, I think. I think Minnesota has talent on the offensive side of the ball, has talent on the defensive side of the ball. They're just not getting it right now. Detroit, really bad defensively. And offensively, they have about two and a half weapons. You know, uh, Amir Abdullah, he can't hold on to the ball for nothing, can he? Um, I'm, going, I'm going Minnesota over here, though. I think they went by five points. Well, they're two and a half point favorites. That's good enough. Yeah, the only thing that would make this game worse is it was streamed on, like, Yahoo or something. Um, no, <laughs> Minnesota, I like Minnesota. They're a scrappy team. I think they win. Actually, I think they win pretty big. I don't, I don't buy into Detroit. I did preseason, man. I was all over Detroit, but just after watching, it's pretty clear to me that Jim Caldwell doesn't have a grasp on the team. 
Minnesota, pretty well-balanced team. I think they have a good defense. They've built well through the draft. So, yeah, give me Minnesota on the road. I don't really think it's close. Like you said, not a great game. It's going to be interesting to see what, what Detroit wants to do with Stafford after this year. He's paid all his guaranteed money. Um, yeah. And Detroit, if they end up winning four games this year, let's say, let's say five. Detroit, I mean, like, like Detroit really has no ties to Stafford. If they just want to reboot it, you know, they, they, they could probably trade on, on one of their other pieces, see what they could get, and try to reboot this whole thing. Their defense is bad. Um, and, and, and they still have Ziggy Asa, who I think is great, but he has nobody in the middle helping him out. And his defensive tackles, he, he lost those two defensive tackles yet, you know, so he has nobody really helping him out. Um, Atlanta Falcons going into Tennessee to play the Titans. Falcons are a four-point favorite. This has trap game written all over it. But I was listening to Colin Coward this week, and one of his guests, I forgot who it was, um, said, and I did not know this, um, the coach of the Titans, uh, Ken Wittenhut, he's only got four wins in his last, like, 33 games. Like, it's unreal. Why have I not just been betting the house against the Titans every week? Who knows? But he's got four wins in his last 33 games coaching. Um, this Atlanta team, you, yeah, this just looks like a trap game. I'm going to take Atlanta minus four, but it kind of just looks like one of those games where the Titans just kind of come out of nowhere and upset the Falcons for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah, and we talked about Dan Quinn a little bit earlier. I think he gives them the edge here. There's a possibility Marcus Mariota doesn't play with that MCL sprain. I think you could probably maybe get a weak rest on him. They don't want to do anything to damage his year. So I think they play this cautiously. So Mariota might not play, which means we get Zach Mettenberger, which means we're one hit away from seeing Charlie Whitehurst take the field. So there's that. I think against an Atlanta defense, not much to talk about in Tennessee if Mariota's not under center. So I think it was a pretty easy win for Quinn and the Falcons. But I'm kind of rooting to see Charlie Whitehurst, not going to lie. <laughs> um, the Tampa, oh, God, these games don't get better. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> going to Washington to play the Redskins. Like, this is a bad week. And these games, these games are all on at 1 o'clock. There's only two 4 o'clock games. This is a bad football week. Yeah, I'm looking at the primetime games. Wow, there's nothing going on. Wow. Um, the Buccaneers going into Washington to play the Redskins. Redskins are a three-point favorite. Give me the Redskins. Uh, the, the, the Jets just manhandled them because the Jets are a better team. Um, but the Redskins have been playing hard. Kirk Cousins got to go, though. Uh, you've got to just switch to RG3 at some point because he looks terrible. You know what? I'm switching everything around. Give me the Bucks. Davis Winston going to Washington, stealing the win. Yeah, I, I kind of agree myself. with you. That's why I said Kirk Cousins. As I said Kirk Cousins, I convinced myself. Yeah, that's probably smart. And you just look at the Redskins. I mean, look, a good team, not a great team, but I don't really think there's much to talk about here. They're, they're better than we expected them, but the problem is we expected them to be 0-16, so that doesn't really say much. Uh, no, this is a bad game again. I think if there's a weekend that you're looking to take, like, an impromptu trip somewhere, this is just do it. Don't even turn on your TV because you're pretty much going to be able to watch, to read all the headlines on ESPN on Monday. Through, it's just bad. I mean, so, yeah. Give me the Bucks, I guess. I don't know. Not a good one. I don't even care. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't care about this game either. The New Orleans Saints going to Indy to play the Colts. Colts are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, let me say it. I don't like the Colts team. We go over this every week. The Saints, let me tell you, I'm going for the Saints over here because my man Willie Sneed is on that team, and I love me some Willie Sneed. So let's go Saints. Pull over the upset because I really don't like the Colts whatsoever. And I'm all about anything that will, that will give – Andrew Luck, a better coach than Chuck Pagano in the future. Yeah, for real. Willie Sneed, by the way, man, we're all over the Ball State guys. Like, we love Ball State for some reason on this show. Like, Keith Wenning was a guy that we liked, and the Ravens picked yeah, him up. Yeah, that's yeah. a guy. 
And then Willie Sneed, like, Ball State is our, uh, that should be, like, part of our uh, intro. Uh, yeah, this game is <laughs> kind of weird because two teams that I thought would be doing a little bit better this year, I thought the Saints would take a step forward, and they certainly haven't. They look just as mediocre as, I thought, you know, I don't know. And the, and the Colts, I mean, I, I believed in them. I think, I don't want to keep going back to this, but they were my Super Bowl pick, so, you know. Um, Nah, I don't know. Saints Colts doesn't thrill me. One o'clock again. This is probably one of the better games, just because you'd like to see what the Colts do, how they respond after that loss. But I could see them picking up another loss here. I, I like the Saints a little bit. Um, the four o'clock games aren't that bad. You got two big rivalry games at least at four o'clock. That's always good to watch. Um, the Oakland Raiders going into San Diego. Um, Derek Carr has to start showing me something. I was last year. I was not into him. This year, I kind of bought into him. And now I'm kind of fading again on Derek Carr. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a, these are two teams that hate each other. You know, um, it's a four-point favorite. You know what? I, I, I'm just going to ride the Chargers over here because of the way the Eagles were a four-point favorite against their rival on Monday Night Football, and they dominated the Giants. So I'm going with that logic. Four-point favorite at home as, against your rival. I'm going with San Diego over here. Whole lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Just two teams that really can't put it together. I, I like the Chargers probably. Uh, you know, I just, I just don't really believe, like you said, I don't think that the Raiders have it quite together just yet. They're going to, though. It's going to be Derek Carr's going to have a nice little career there in Oakland. I believe that. But I think the Chargers are the better team right now. Most talented on both sides of the ball. You know, the Raiders just a little tricky right now. They don't have everything, all the pieces put together, but they're going to. I mean, it's going to be a good Oakland team. I go back to this. This is going to be, I think Del Rio. I'm buying into the notion that Del Rio stays for a while, that Carr stays for a while. Mari Cooper, there's the three staples, obviously Khalil Mack on defense. And then everything else is going to work out. I think they grow players. They're going to continue to grow through the draft. And we've seen that already this year. So while I think San Diego is just a little bit of the better team now, Oakland's going to be pretty impressive, even probably by the end of the season. The Dallas Cowboys going against the New York Giants. That's always a fun one to watch as well. Dallas Cowboys are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, I have a thing about teams that get embarrassed on national TV. The Giants got embarrassed. Uh, the Giants made a lot of mental mistakes with the football. Cowboys just, I'm telling you, it, it looks like and, and there, there was rumors about Des Bryant coming back. He can't make any cuts. He only went straight down the field. His ankle's still not there. Still no Romo. They're going with Matt Castle and a plethora of a bunch of average guys on, on the receiving side of the ball. It pains me to say it, but I'm going Giants over here, and I think the Giants win pretty handily. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, this is a deceiving game. Cowboys-Giants would be good if everybody was at full strength. But even the Giants, even though they're not really banged up, Beckham still has that hamstring issue. I'm not so sure if that doesn't hold him back just a little bit. I know he played, but you can't always ensure that the guy's mm-hmm. going to be healthy. And as far as the Cowboys, if Dez and Romo are playing, I think it's a completely different game. The narrative is completely shifted. I think Dallas wins it big. But here I just think, like you said, at home, after a tough loss, the Giants, if they don't win this game, the season is just really, really on its last leg. So they need a win, and I think they get it against a depleted uh, Dallas team. Yeah, but any Romo, bad. You you, you can live without Dez, but you can't win without Romo, those Cowboys. They can't, you know. And, and, and that's not a slight on Dez. I think that's the best receiver in the game. I mean, that, that, that's just how good I think Romo is and, and how important the position quarterback is on that team especially. Um, NBC, the Sunday night game, the Eagles against the Panthers. This one could be a trap game for the Panthers who are at home. They're a three-point favorite. Before I get into first of all, I'm thinking the Panthers. i Cam Newton. I have to. Love Cam Newton. I'm, I won't bet against Cam Newton the whole year. Eagles. <clears throat> you gave six years, $63 million to the worst cornerback in the league. I'm convinced. Byron Maxwell is awful, Joe. He's 
obviously a product of that Legion of Boom system. I, I don't know how many Byron Maxwell tweets I tweeted yesterday. He is awful. Like, I, 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 I want to remember we were talking about subscribing to, to, to pro football focus just these stats. I want to see where yep. they rank him among starting corners because he holds on every play. He can't say The Giants should just kept going to Odell Beckham Jr. when Byron Maxwell was on him because why not? Byron Maxwell is not going to – he's not going to do anything. You know, he's probably easily, in my eyes, the most overpaid player in the league right now. Um, there is, and, and the best thing about Cam Newton is he doesn't have a favorite receiver. So it doesn't matter what Byron Maxwell is. It doesn't matter who he's covering. Panthers win this game by at least 10 against the Eagles because Bradford, too. Bradford just loves turning over the ball. Bad team, bad matchup. Panthers might win by 14 over here. Now, like, think about it. Yeah, well, you, you said exactly what I was going to say about Byron Maxwell, and that's just product of a system. I think Dan Quinn, again, going back to Dan Quinn, product yeah. of a system. I think Dan Quinn had a lot of things running there and maybe made guys look a little bit better than they were. I mean, we didn't know who – that's the thing about the Seahawks. I mean, man, we we see these plays as just – sometimes we football fans portray ourselves as so unintelligent. I mean, we, we say Malcolm Smith makes this big play in the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, Malcolm Smith is a top-five linebacker in the NFL. He's not. Yeah. He's not that good. And I, Malcolm Smith, a decent football player, but – we just jump on these bandwagons because ESPN tells us we should. And I just think that, again, it's just you can't always just go by the stats and the numbers. You have to dumb it down a little bit. And maybe the Seahawks aren't as good as we thought they were. So in this game, going back to this real quick, yeah, Panthers, I think they win at home. Keep it going. I just like them better than the Eagles at this point. Yeah, I like the Panthers a lot this year. Um, last game of the week, save the best for last in your eyes. We got the Baltimore Ravens, Monday Night Football, going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. Your Baltimore Ravens are going into this as the second highest underdog of the week, seven and a half point underdogs going into uh, Arizona. Arizona got embarrassed last week by Pittsburgh, not national TV, but uh, Ravens don't have the weapons Pittsburgh has. You know, um, Arizona's going to bounce back over here. Seven and a half is a big number, but I'm going to say I'm going to say they cover this. I, I think they win this probably. 21-10, I would say, or 24-10. Uh, that, that Baltimore Ravens offense looks bad, you know, and that's a trustman thing. That's what he does. He just makes your offense look bad. Um, I've got Arizona over here. Yeah, I'm thinking Arizona, too. I don't really think that this is as much of a contest. You know, you look at the better team. Who's the better team on both sides of the ball? But, you know, the Ravens just don't have much straightened out right now. Dean Pease, Mark Trestman just really struggling. I think Arizona is the more complete team. I like what Carlson Palmer's doing. Palmer looks really good, and he's always given – the Ravens fits. Remember back in the Cincinnati days, Palmer's a good quarterback and maybe doesn't get enough credit for it. So I think Arizona's better coached at this point of the season, and they just have more going for them. Like I said, if they get this win, that division is pretty much in their hands and theirs to lose. Baltimore's just scrapping, and I don't think they can find a way, again, to go on the, uh, the West Coast after having to go to San Francisco last week. I think they struggle again. Arizona's the better team, and they should win big. Do they come back home, or are they stood out there? Baltimore. Uh, yeah, for three straight. Uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they did come back home, so that's tough. That's really yeah. tough. Wow. Yeah, that, like if that, I would have just arranged a practice facility or something. I wouldn't I would even flown back. You know, really, I just wouldn't. But yeah. whatever. I'm not a it's general a manager or a coach or a player. <laughs> I'm just a heartthrob, Joe. Uh, thanks for holding me down this week, Joe. Uh, hopefully I'll get this up in a half hour or so. We'll have it up for Tuesday night. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, brother. Absolutely. As always, find me on Twitter at Joe Weidrich. Tonight we got a good game. Arkansas State against Louisiana. 
is it ULL, Louisiana Lafayette, something like that. But we got a good little game, yeah. so interesting <laughs> to watch. Um, you can probably go on my Twitter feed. Now, between Nevadicus, what else is there to do on a Tuesday night? Have a good one, man. Hey, Arkansas State, seven-point favorite. I might take that. All right, Joe, be good. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Check out the dot-com website, G-Steelio, G-E-E-S-T-E-L-I-O. Uh, I might try to drop a pod this week, a second one. I know I didn't do it last week. Just got busy. If I get out of my funk, I'll do it. Uh, Shout-out to NTSD Sports. Talk to you all later, man. Bear with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.